Welcome to the INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. The Infusion Nurses Society is recognized as the global authority in infusion therapy and is devoted to setting the standard for infusion care. I'm Dawn Berendt, your podcast host and the Clinical Education and Publications Manager for INS. Welcome to the INS Infusion Room and today's podcast. I have a few things to share with our listeners before we um, meet with our guest, Velda Biddix. So first, I want to let our listeners know um, that the work on the 2021 Infusion Therapy Standards of Practice is well underway. The Standards of Practice Committee is really diligent and hard at work. They're really doing a great job reviewing new research for the development of the standards revisions. Uh, Something that our listeners might not know is that in addition to the revised standards that are coming out in 2021, we will also be publishing new policies and procedures for infusion therapy, our companion texts that go along with the standards of practice. So each of the five policy and procedure texts will be updated and ready in 2021 as well. Next, I want to direct your attention to the January-February edition of The Insider. Now, The Insider is the official membership news publication of the INS, and there are a number of really great articles in this edition. There always are, but I want to make special mention of this one, Examining and Improving Nurse Wellness, Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation. The authors of this piece are Holly Carpenter, Tanya Mulvey, and Lois Gold. I was really compelled by the first line in the article. Here it goes. What would you do if you identified a significant segment of the population that was less healthy than the general population? Well, we read on in the article, and we find out that through years of research, the ANA enterprise has discovered that registered nurses in the United States are less healthy than the average U.S. citizen in various domains. Uh, This is an essential read for nurses. I encourage you to learn more about Healthy Nurse, Healthy Nation, and what you can do to make a difference. I also want to draw our attention to the March-April edition of the Journal of Infusion Nursing. Again, there are a number of excellent articles for our members to read, so I'm only going to be able to highlight two The first is entitled, Compassionate Care of the Patient Who Uses Substances, Implications for the Infusion Nurse. This article is authored by Michelle Gapp and Selena Gillis, and it addresses a topic that challenges many infusion nurses. Now, undoubtedly, we are concerned about the vascular access devices that we place in our patients for their therapeutic regimen. We are concerned about safety and infection prevention And I particularly like how this article provides the infusion nurse with essential principles of a compassionate care that um, for the patient who uses substances. Now, undoubtedly, we are concerned about the vascular access devices that we place in our patients for their therapeutic regimen. And we're concerned about their safety and infection prevention. And I really like 
how this article provides the infusion nurse with essential principles of compassionate care of the patient who uses substances. It gives a fundamental understanding of how to work with patients who use substances and how this understanding can enhance our infusion practice. So another good read. The second piece I'd like to highlight from the March-April Journal of Infusion Nursing that's coming up is the pharmacology report, and this one's entitled Biosimilar Basics. This piece is written by Susan Kleppen, and she's a pharmacist with a great background in infusion therapy. And Susan regularly contributes to the Journal of Infusion Nursing, so um, her name is going to start looking pretty familiar to us. Um, this is another great read, and in this article, Susan describes the differences between biologics and biosimilars and addresses the confusion that sometimes surrounds these two types of infusions. And finally, I want to recommend the INS webinar, The Push for IV Medication Safety. This airs on March 11th, 2020 at 1 p.m. Eastern Time but it's also available in the INS Learning Center after that live presentation on March 11th. Now, this webinar is presented by Maureen Berger, and she has put together an exceptional set of slides and a presentation that not only addresses safe injection practices, but she addresses unsafe practices as well. And then she also touches on medication diversion. Uh, this is a must-see for infusion nurses. And coming up after the break, I am talking with Velda Bittix, and Velda is the first recipient of the INS Infusion Excellence Award for Education. And in this interview, Velda talks about her approach to educating nurses and raising awareness through the use of stand-up comedy and disruptive fun. Stay tuned. Registration for INS 2020 is now open. Investing in your future is always a safe bet, and INS is making it easier this year in Las Vegas. Not only will the educational opportunities be fresh, innovative, and fun, but the venue will offer endless attractions and discounts to help you stretch the most out of your stay. INS has put together four days of education, networking, and an exhibition hall that is filled with the best in the industry. There are special savings for INS attendees, including free tickets to the High Roller, 25% off all food and beverages at the Rio Hotel and Resort, and 10% off at the Rio's Spa. Join us at INS 2020. See you in Las Vegas. Okay, welcome back. My next guest is Velda Bittix, and Velda was the winner of the INS Infusion Excellence Award for Education. Welcome, Velda. Oh, thank you so very much. Thank you. It's such a joy to have you here on our program today. I'm going to start right in with the questions. Velda, please tell us how you started out in nursing and how you eventually moved into the role of infusion therapy and vascular access. Well, actually, I started working when I was. 19 years of age as a licensed practical nurse on a medical surgical unit at the same hospital where I work now. Oh, boy. And back then, yeah, back then it was called St. Joseph's Hospital. 
And I was very fortunate because two years into my career, I had the opportunity to work on the hospital's IV team. And that was so exciting and it was thrilling. I just loved it. I mean, I enjoyed the mobility of working all over the hospital in a nursing specialty that was still relatively new. Yeah. And we had, back then we had uh, a mixture of RNs and LPNs on the IV team. And this was back before bedside pick insertion. I mean, we made daily morning and afternoon rounds on every patient in the medical surgical progressive care unit. Wow. And we monitored patients' IV sites and we performed site care and we checked peripheral IV sites for patency and we replaced those peripheral IV sites every 48 to 72 hours. Wow, you really and, are uh, a pioneer yeah. <laughs> in the field. Well, we we were really proud of our phlebitis and infiltration rate. I mean, it was less than 1% on the nursing units that we routinely served. So oh, good we were, we, we did some quality work. And actually, I remember that back in the 1980s, I met Cheryl Gardner uh, at Anita uh, meeting. You know, now it's uh, INS, but yes. she was at a chapter meeting in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And um, I have some fond memories of her. Oh. I mean, I was impressed with her professionalism. And from what I've heard, our initial team was modeled after Cheryl Gardner's team back in the 80s. That is so wonderful. So that's that's some history there. And so now 30 years later, you know, we've expanded to a 24-7 service. And, you know, there's been a lot of changes. Um, You know, there's been all this advancement in technology with the pick tip confirmation system, the feeding, I mean, feeding tube tip confirmation system, Mm -hmm. the use of ultrasound. And uh, people are surprised when I tell them that in addition to inserting picks and midlines that our team inserts feeding tubes, uh, we're one of the few uh, teams that does does both. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's how I started out. I mean, and we, we, I've done a lot of other things in the department. I've been collaborated with our CLABSI team to come up with um, an algorithm so that our nurses can decide, are we going to put in a PIC or are we going to put in a mid- midline catheter Great based work. on Great the work. indications, based on what the doctor orders. Mm-hmm. So that's a little history. Great. Now you're a CRNI or a Certified Infusion Registered Nurse. And I want you to tell us what that certification means to you and to your patients. It means excellence. I mean, <laughs> certification shows that I'm serious about my profession. I'm serious about this specialty and the patients that I serve. The whole certification embraces evidence-based research and the infusion therapy standards of practice. That's an evidence-based document. So I see certification uh, equating to, to quality outcomes for our patients. Yes. And it also helps develop critical thinking skills. Yes. And it makes you credible. Like if you're an expert witness, yeah, they're looking for that CRNI. Yes. And open it, it surely does also open up the gate for some employment opportunities. Of course, yes. Now, we also know that you have another and maybe lesser known talent. Can you tell us more about that? 
You're referring to stand-up comedy? (laughs) Yes, I am. Okay, well, I get asked about that sometimes. Actually, this came out of a need. You know, we all need an ivy bolus of humor every day. (laughs) Um, Nursing and life in general can be stressful. And so I recall a time when I felt like I had lost my sense of humor. So I went searching for it, and I found it in New York City at a stand-up comedy school. (laughs) That is so wonderful. Okay, what do you do now? Well, some of my one-liners that I use in stand-up comedy, I use in IV education classes. I mean, it helps break the ice, and it lets me know if the audience is still awake. That is really a great um, learner engagement strategy, and comedy is like medicine. So this is fun to learn about you. Yeah, thank you. Well, we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about your role in education. As winner of the INS Infusion Excellence Award for Education, you undoubtedly have a good deal of experience in the teaching role of nursing. What do you like best about teaching nurses in this specialty? I really like the variety of teaching topics within this specialty. I mean, it's like there's something for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, the novice nurse or or nursing students, you know, usually they're engaged and eager to learn about inserting peripheral IVs, and then you've got the experienced RNs new to our vascular access and tube team department. They're excited about learning how to insert picks and midlines, and then you've got the topic of recognizing and preventing IV-related complications. I mean, all, all these things, all these various topics are interesting to people, and um when you teach a nurse how to restore patency to a totally occluded lumen of a central line, that's like an aha moment for them. I mean, the light bulb goes on. They're so empowered. They've saved that device. They've uh, prevented the patient from having to be stuck unnecessarily. Uh, these are the things that I like to teach. Understandable. What's one of the most challenging aspects of teaching or sharing information? And how do you address those challenges? In general, nurses have limited time. So we need to share a golden nugget. Even one nugget is great. In education, it's best when it happens in real time, in the moment. I mean, there's challenges with getting everyone engaged with online education. Face-to-face education, in my opinion, is best. Uh, I like to see vascular access and maintenance procedures broken down into small steps so that the learner can foster, you know, they can build up confidence and create success. Mm -hmm. I mean, simulation is great. Sometimes what we do is we will actually carry around a vein practice pad. And if we're up on the nursing unit and we see a RN who's struggling with placing a peripheral IV and they want tips, we just pull out that vein pad and give them some tips and watch what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's real-time feedback for them. So I think it's necessary that all of us should be ready to teach. 
be ready. Share knowledge when the opportunity presents itself. Because timing is everything, especially if there's limited time and opportunities for the nurses to be in a classroom mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. Now, Velda, what you just talked about is what we learned way back when in nursing school about the teachable moment. And we were taught to look for teachable moments with our patients. Um, but it, it's the same for nurses as well. It's like um, right there on the spot, in person, you've just described just a wonderful aspect of who you are as an educator. Yeah, and sometimes when you do like a lecture, you can people will tell you, they'll tell you in the audience or within a uh, mini in-service, they'll say, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a visual, I learn visually, or I, I learn by hands-on, and that kind of gives you a clue of where you, how you need to approach the BRN who's learning a new skill. Right. So when working with nurses, what's one of your favorite teaching topics? And if you can, tell us why. I've given this a lot of thought, and it's really difficult to identify just one topic. For me, my favorite topic is the one in which I can really make a connection to the audience or to an individual RN. I mean, sometimes this may be through sharing a personal experience or a case study, or it might be through sharing a song. I mean, I like sharing music and songs about maintaining patency of the vascular access devices. I have songs about hand washing and line necessity. I enjoy using props and humor in education. Um, So, I mean, just to give you an example, last year, several of us from the CLABSI prevention team wanted to present some information in a new way. So. What we did was we intentionally interrupted or crashed, so to speak. We crashed a meeting, our nursing congress meeting, and we intentionally created surprise. We marched into this large conference room in an army-like cadence, carrying these like large pool-sized noodles that looked like giant dual and triple lumen picks. And as we're, we were marching through that room, I shouted through a big foghorn so that we would get everyone's attention, and then my teammates would repeat what I shouted. And it was a message about CLABSI. Basically, what we said was, we don't want no CLABSI here. Pay attention. Let's be clear. <laughs> no CLABSI. No CLABSI. No CLABSI. And if you can imagine, by my teammates repeating all this, and it was a very short, quick educational moment <laughs> when we did that. And then we did some role playing, and we emphasized key points about line necessity. And it was just like we tried to have fun with the message, and we and we really tried to make it memorable. So that's that's a favorite topic. It's it's a topic that CLABSI is always going to be something I think we need to address, but. How can we present the message in a different way? That is so creative. You you made your own little flash mob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and interrupted and got a message across. And tell me, how did the audience respond? Well, they laughed and it kind of broke up, up broke up the monotony of 
of the topic <laughs> that they were being presented. So I think they actually remembered our cadence more than they did the information that was being presented. But yeah, take people by surprise. They'll remember it. I also like to teach the importance of how we show up when we walk into a patient's room to perform a vascular access procedure. I mean, if we walk in the room and we're anxious and we're distracted and we're fumbling around and we're dropping things on the floor, the patient will become anxious and their veins will constrict. So I like to role play this with the audience and get them involved. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Velda, I understand that you are instrumental in writing and maintaining policies and procedures for your organization. Can you tell us about that and why this is important to you? Yes, certainly. I'm a part of a team that reviews policies and procedures. And when these policies and procedures are related to IV therapy, vascular access, maintenance of the central lines, the peripheral IV sites, then It's really important to uh, review our policies with the current INS standards of practice because we know that's an evidence-based document and we know that it protects our patients. And as I've heard many times, the INS standards are quoted in the courtroom. So we really need to pay attention to them. Now we're a large hospital You know, we have 700-plus beds, but then also we have sister hospitals. So it really is important when we're revising policies that we include all the key stakeholders at these sister hospitals. So policy and procedure updates may take a little bit longer, but it's because it's really important to include all the key players at all our facilities. Absolutely. And it's also the key to standardizing practice. Excellent work. Yes. Velda is one who has mentored many nurses. What advice would you give a nurse who's just beginning his or her professional practice? Practice, practice, practice. I mean, as my music teacher from childhood used to say, don't practice your mistakes. I mean, latch on to a seasoned RN who can provide tips and tricks on how to locate veins and perform peripheral IV insertion. I mean, if you're a new nurse and you're having difficulty accessing an implanted port, ask for help. I mean, there are a lot of seasoned RNs out there with valuable nursing experience. And the new nurse, we don't want them to pass up an opportunity to learn from them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very proud to say that in our vascular access and tube team department, we have over 700 years of combined nursing experience. And so we want the new RNs to ask for help from these seasoned nurses so that they can improve their skills. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Velda, thank you so much for being my guest today on INS Infusion Room, our podcast for the INS. And I want to congratulate you again on behalf of INS, on behalf of the nurses that you serve, and certainly on behalf of your patients. I want to congratulate you for being the winner of the INS Infusion Excellence Award for Education. Thank you so very much. And I want to thank INS for promoting 
our specialty and for writing the standards of practice and maintaining those. It really protects our patients. And I really appreciate INS's efforts these many, many years. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for being my guest. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from Dear Ivy, a clinical nurse specialist who's going to answer your clinical infusion questions. Stay tuned. INS is proud to introduce the new Fundamentals of Infusion Therapy program, or FIT program. FIT is an online interactive platform that offers enhanced learning experience through audio, video, and 3D graphic presentations. The program features eight learning modules that take the participants step-by-step through the essential elements of infusion therapy. FIT is available now through the INS Learning Center on the INS website. Consider getting FIT in 2020. This week, Dear Ivy has received a number of questions about coronavirus disease 2019, otherwise known as COVID-19. The best way for Dear Ivy to address these questions is to direct our learners, our members, to the CDC website. The CDC website link is in the show notes below. And once you go to the CDC website, you will click on a tab that says Coronavirus Disease 2019. After clicking that tab, you will find a vast amount of information. So for those who are asking questions for healthcare professionals and for healthcare organizations, there is a host of information there. If you click that tab under Information for Healthcare Professionals, you will find a good deal of information about healthcare infection control guidance, clinical care guidance, home care guidance, and many other resources available to you. Another good basic area that you can click on is what you should know. And under this tab, you'll find out how it spreads, symptoms, prevention and treatment. You'll learn more about testing, And you'll also be able to read through the frequently asked questions about COVID-19. There's another group of information that speaks directly to situational updates. And this site is updated regularly as new information comes along. So again, Dear Ivy would encourage you to go to the CDC website, Coronavirus Disease 2019, and read through those situation updates. Undoubtedly, as healthcare professionals, you're going to be answering questions that your patients have. You're going to have concern about infection control in your health setting. You're going to have concerns about protecting yourself and your family. Um, So please go to the CDC website. This is the best site that we can recommend right now to give you the most current information. And Dear Ivy, thanks you for your concern and for all the questions that you forwarded. (music) 
This concludes this episode of INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. We welcome your comments. You can reach us at infusionroom at ins1.org. That's infusionroom at ins1.org. Thank you for listening.